I am unashamed. What about you? Well, so we're, we're discussing what is the difference. Because I thought about you, Dad said, what is a podcast? And I thought, you know, I, I don't know. I've never. Al, my first impression was it took you over 500 episodes <laughs> to say, what exactly are we doing? That's where I am. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Pod. Pod. Cast. When I first heard it, I thought, well, you cast a reel. So we're casting information from a center where there's just a pod of us that's what i was thinking podcast um as in casting well no i thought so i thought broadcast as you, they used to call what is it oh yeah your mic dad put your ears on too um the go. uh you know a broadcast is what they've always called like the news or oh so you're saying so i'm saying it's a different so, kind of this is a surgical so a pod like a small a surg- no, but you're still going to a broad audience. Yeah, but maybe it's the nature. I don't know. Zach, what did well, do you know? Cast. I got the cast part. You go out and read. read. <laughs> well, that, was, that came from me. That that could be totally <laughs> that, wrong. That's wrong. It's more like a. We're casting. We're casting information. I'm younger. I, I'm younger than you guys. So right now, well, I'm, I just googled it. And by the way, <laughs> so, I, so I thought I was saying podcast. So when when, he, when I went when I went to side with, with the idea, you know, of a I've podcast, heard him say that. He said when he asked me to be on his, his pod, he said, "I want you to be on my podcast." And I said, "Cast," and he went, "Yeah." So, podcast, podcast. I like podcast better as opposed to podcast. Okay, podcast. Yeah. So what's so? Give us your your young person definition from Google. I'm looking on Wikipedia, which I don't even know how to pronounce this word. It says uh, podcast is a portmanteau of of iPod and broadcast. The earliest use of podcast. So it, I guess it came from the idea of the Apple iPod. The iPod. Uh, and, I got it. And then it's how do we. So it's basically kind of like a radio show that is put on the iPod right. originally. Now you can consume uh, it anywhere. But I guess I, originally. Yeah, iPod these, broadcast. They just put those two terms together. Yeah, I got it now. Podcast. So you got that, Phil? No, but I mean, <laughs> you got to remember, we're getting into a language barrier. People are using. Yeah, you need a. We need a translator. We're butchering the English language every way. You know, people who call themselves, you know, woke. I'm like, woke. Well, you, just you woke, woke up, up this, <laughs> this morning. I mean, is that a negative thing that you woke up? Because if I you mean, didn't wake people, up, you would be dead. They're, they're, they're in a, like speaking another language that I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Some of them are just saying this is woke, and they just they they just sprawling. They tape themselves screaming as they look at me. Are y'all looking? Are you looking? I'm woke. Yeah, they want attention. They're saying I'm not worth anything. How about then? Just start screaming. But maybe they're screaming. Dan showed one to me, and he said, this is the woke crowd. And she was just sitting there, poor little thing. She was just screaming (laughs) at the top of her lungs. Well, maybe she was trying to wake everybody else up because she was woke. But she planned it because I could tell she had put her computer up over here. Her phone, yeah. She said, I think I'm going to stand here and scream. (laughs) I'm looking at it, and I'm... Several words come up: mental illness. Uh, 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 I, I just want to be demon possession. I, I want somebody to say you did good. I guess that's what she's doing. I don't know. Have, Not enough discipline <laughs> early on. Have Have you ever felt good about somebody just standing there screaming to the top of their lungs? No, I, I, I thought. Well, well, unless there's a problem. Yeah, I mean, if somebody's attacking you, I, I get it. Yeah. But if you're just kind of setting up your camera. I think it, she was starved for somebody to say, you do, you're doing good, kid. I mean, you need. she, she <laughs> yeah. wants to be recognized and nobody will pay any attention to her. She said, well, maybe if I just tape myself screaming, somebody will listen. But then you say. So you're well, saying it's a cry for help, which could be cry true. Cry for help. True. Could be woke. True. I like that. So so now, Dad, you understand podcasts. It's the combination of an iPod, which iPods. Do people even have iPods? A port, it's a it's it's a portmanteau. Portmanteau. So I had to Google. I had to well, Google what what is port portmanteau, which is a <laughs> what is that? Uh, a port, we're we're down the rabbit hole now. Yeah, a portmanteau is a word that is a blend of words. 
Is which a, parts? Is that French? I, I, well, I had the t- it's spelled French. It's just got the T E A U on the end, kind of like the Go Tigers, you know, spelled with in. in oh in, yeah. Uh, G E A U French, yeah. I think that was but, a but it's like, like like the word smog is a combination of the word smoke and fog. Smog. So that's a portmanteau. Uh, so so go ahead. So I mean they did come up with French fries. So I mean let's this deserves to what did they say it was exactly? Yeah. So a portmanteau is a word that's a blend of words in which parts of multiple words are combined into a new word, such as smogged coined by blending smoke and fog or motel, which is a combination of motor hotel. and hotel. Yeah. Um, so in no, the that's a toy company. Code, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So I guess, I, so podcast is a portmanteau of iPod, iPod and broadcast. And, the, and broadcast. broadcast. I got it. By the way, I, we well, learned five minutes of my life. I'll never get back. Are <laughs> uh, any of these... Is any part of the new language that tends to be spreading across these United States, uh, do they use Bible words? Is any of that from the Bible, any of those words? Pod this, pod Doubtful. that, okay. Uh-uh. You know, Doubtful. Woke, all this stuff. I mean, is that even mentioned in the Bible? Yeah, are you asking me? <laughs> I'm asking you. I mean, uh, I've, yeah, no. no. What I text? What text? Yeah. I thought you were. Uh, what, what book, chapter, verse? I thought verse? you were being rhetorical. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a rhetorical question, but there was like that silence, and everybody's looking at me. I'm like, uh, uh, that's the answer. I thought you were going to launch into a speech after that. Uh, I'm just saying. Obviously, if I no. Could find a, if I could find a Bible verse for it that that yeah. encourages that kind of behavior or okay. wordage, well, I think you would. I'd being, like to see where it is, but I haven't found one yet. I think you were being sarcastic. But as the English language grows, I mean, certainly, but that's the thing about the Bible It's the themes are what go forward. I mean, language changes. I mean, this is what third language since this has been filtered through for us to even understand it. So I get it that new stuff comes along. I never realized there was a word for combining words. But thank you, Zach. You have you have made us all a little brighter today. Well, it's our right, culture. So it's not me, guys. It's, it's, it's Google. I just, I'm just the messenger. <laughs> That's funny. So you were just here, which we we were looking around. We were thinking you were going to be in studio well, today, he, and you're already back. You're already back. You're, I mean, you're like a leaf in the wind, Zach. I look up. You're just, you're moving he, on. He was actually an eyewitness to I thought was going to be one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, but it turned out to one of the highlights because I saw randomly. Without knowing Zach was in town, I bumped into Zach. What are the, what are the odds? He's from North Carolina. I'm in Louisiana, and we bumped into each other. <laughs> I just randomly bumped into each other. Yeah, we did. Well, you gave me a look. I, t- I, I tapped you on the shoulder, and you looked at me like, who, who, who are you? Like, it's like there's <laughs> well, a moment. Like You're trying okay. to process, why are you here? Well, and here's why. Here's the backstory to that. The reason that I had that awkward look, and I'll now unveil what I was thinking in that moment, is because I felt like I got sabotaged this weekend because Missy said there's an event at the Civic Center, and I think we should go support our family. I said, all right, I'm in. I didn't have to hear anything else. It was Sadie's live original, right? Sadie, my niece, was speaking, and they had a whole weekend. So when I pull in the parking lot, because they have a, you know, we had a place where the family could go, so we didn't have to be with the masses. As I gazed upon the hundreds of people going into this, into the Monroe Civic Center, there was one thing that I noticed. They were all women. (laughs) And so we stopped. It was a women's event. (laughs) Well, I didn't know that. She didn't tell me that. (laughs) So as I turned the ignition off, because it was me and her and the baby, I said, is this a woman's event? And she said, well, your family. I said, you didn't answer the question. (laughs) She said, well, you can be the babysitter. I was like, I don't even know how to respond to that. So I, then I was nervous because my first impression there was to run. And then I thought, if I just start running, what will happen in my marriage? 
from this day forward. I mean, because I just, I felt real claustrophobic. My head started sweating. I just, I don't know. I thought, how am I going to get out of this? <laughs> this is terrible. Because <laughs> it's, it's not like you're not going to stand out. You know, that's what I'm saying. Three thousand women, you're hey, standing out. Well, man, he he stood out because I I saw you walk in. And well, Zach was there, out. so he there was out. another man. Because then Missy sort of. started like peppering me with so what questions. What percentage of males were at this event? Zach and Point Jason. Z- <laughs> oh, all right, let me zero point zero 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 one. <laughs> Zach, Jason, no, Christian. Let me sure. rephrase that. Zero point zero zero two. Me and Zach. <laughs> No, I saw four or five other guys, maybe. But uh, so then I just thought, you know what? I mean, after I gave my speech, because Missy kept saying, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a family. I mean, you're hurting it. We're, it has nothing to do with it's a woman's event. And I was like, I'm a man. I went that Oklahoma State. What age? Uh, what Oklahoma age State coach when yeah. he went on the run. I oh, said, yeah. I'm 50. <laughs> I'm a man. I can be seen from a distance. I want to be a distraction. Yeah, I know she censored. He left out one one thing he put in there. And but. she said, are you done? <laughs> I said, all right, let's go. So what age group would you say? I would Young say women. most were, what, 15 to 30? I don't know, Yeah, Jack. it was, yeah, it's uh, a lot of, lot, yeah, 15 to 30, probably majority 15 to twenty. Four. Yeah, they were young women. Young women. Well, that sounds like a pretty good gathering for women that age. So, as embarrassing as this was, when we walked backstage and Sadie came out, she was fixed to come out, her and her husband, Christian, that my, I changed when I saw there was, was there was a glow going on here. And plus, I just sensed when I walked in, maybe it's the Holy Spirit, do what you will with it, but I just thought, this is going to be good. And when I saw her, I thought, this is going to be good. <laughs> I just sensed it. And so I sensed it to the point I leaned over and I told Missy, I said, this is going to be good. So how so. many, as far as the response, someone said the hundreds, hundreds. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we did the worship. And which was outstanding, Zach's daughter. Yeah, tell uh, <coughs> and look, it was several family members. You had uh, Will, uh, Willie's adopted son. He was up there. He sang. I saw Layla, which is Zach's daughter. Well, somebody else I saw up there that was in the family. Oh, Reeves uh, Walker. <clears throat> well, Reeves, they're close family friends. But then uh, uh, the girl that married Kaylee, that married uh, into the family. She was one of the singers. Her brother, her brother married Bella. Yeah. So I mean, I'm saying there was, and I saw they had like a little choir group, and mm-hmm. I saw some other members of the family in that. But <clears throat> so that was outstanding. So then Sadie got up and spoke, and I won't go into the speech because I think that's going to be like a tour, isn't it, Zach? I'm not sure what they're going to do. I know they re- they released an, uh, an EP, which you guys got to check it out. I think the, the the big song that was kind of took over the conference, and I don't think it was intentional either. Um, it's called Open. Uh, you can get on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you uh, get your music at. But man, it's a it's this idea of just like surrendering before the Lord. So I think they're talking about doing a tour slash thing with the with the release of the album and and Sadie's kind of message as well. Trust me, um, after what I saw, they're going to do it to her. <laughs> that, that was uh, it awesome. Was, it was powerful. <laughs> they need to it do that again. Because, I mean, look, I've spoken at the Monroe Civic Center many times. Which and- I wanted to say something about that. Hang right. on. Let's take a, a first break. So I don't know this factually, but I kind of know it anecdotally that, that our audience is more men uh, than women. And so if you got a mostly male audience, then there's going to be some problems with pornography. Uh, it's just unfortunately the way it is. It's been a plague on our society. In, uh, in 2007, porn revenue was estimated at $20 billion. Now it's over $100 billion. So much hundred hundred billion that's, dollars. That's the money that they're making. And look, the stats and the polls have shown that it's not and it's not just a worldly problem. A lot of Christians, obviously, are having the same struggle. So uh, one of our sponsors is a great group that is here to help. And I know I've gotten personal emails from many of you, so you really need to check these guys out. It's called Covenant Eyes. They've been around for about 22 years. They've walked with 1.5 million people. 
uh, to have a life free of pornography, uh, which is great for not only your own personal spiritual life, but also your family uh, as well. So God's word tells us a lot about lust and uh, covenant eyes does not want to see you, your marriage or your family hurt by it anymore. So you can find freedom and a stronger faith by checking these guys out right now. You can try covenant eyes free for 30 days. That's a free 30 day trial. If you sign up today with the promo code Phil, P-H-I-L, you have nothing to lose. Visit CoveEyes, C-O-V-E-Y-E-S dot com slash Phil. That's CoveEyes dot com slash Phil. 30 days free trial. Get after it. Well, it's just a tough crowd for whatever but that you thing, know. Man, it was built I, back in the fifties or whatever. We we need a new thing, Zach. Al, talk they to pulled somebody. they pulled it off. Whoever organized that, which Sadie's message was outstanding. I mean, and it was, you know, I thought we were talking about you know podcasts and and uh, thinking that that's a surgical approach. So so Sadie's real articulate, and I thought, well, Phil's art- articulate. I mean, he has a master's degree in English. But but this was more a a surgical strike using technology to point people to Jesus, you know, just within the the speech. It had several illustrations that were really cool, especially for young people, you know, where I thought, you know, as opposed to Phil's sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what didn't you think? You know, that? you know it's you know, it, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because you because you were there the last night. Well, the first night, the first lady that spoke, and I can't remember her name, but I'm you talking about, man, it was a, a massive response the first night too. But you know what? Her entire she came out on stage and she said, I, she said we're fixing to perform surgery, like that. That oh, was wow. her, so you used the word sur- surgical approach, and and so she kind of set the whole weekend up with that, but. You know, it was very, it was very strategic. I say strategic. It wasn't, it wasn't really strategic. It was intentional. Um, you know, I got to the first night. I mean, I, before they would go on stage, Sadie would lead the the team and, and they would lead, she'd lead them in worship and prayer and just kind of give a charge. But man, this, the, the authenticity and the sincerity in that, in that place, it was pretty cool. Cause there were some big, like music artists there. And there like, like people that we all know, like, like top of the billboard type people, um, there was a, uh, a president of, of, a, of a major music label was there and I was watching them interact and they were just serving like literally mm-hmm. they just like one of the girls was just serving milkshakes and another girl not they weren't there to perform they weren't there to, they, they were there just to be a part of this and everybody that I talked to um, that they, they had the same word they said that there's a there's a sincerity here and that they really felt the presence of the Lord and um yeah I thought it was like incredibly special the just the, the how sincere the whole entire thing was I, it'll i'm sure Sadie is her team's going to put it online um because they did record the whole thing so i would we'll, we'll update you when that happens because yeah. you guys got to go watch it and just it was it was a beautiful moment we're going back so the audience will understand this uh as a as a child Sadie Willie's daughter she she would come up, they'd come visit, you know, at Thanksgiving and whatever. But she'd be there. I mean, I would say she was about what four, four. yeah, about four or five years old. Bible verses was coming out of that girl. She was standing on a coffee table, and I asked Willie, did he teach her all that? And he said, no. She she just uh, <laughs> she just speaks in biblical language. I mean, the Bible verses <clears throat> just coming out of her when she was four years old. And I thought, man. <clears throat> I said that that little girl there. Well, she definitely has an anointing. There's no doubt. Oh, about that's that. something going on. And, and, so and they, ba- I heard they they baptize hundreds of girls. Hundreds. Of oh, they, the, they, the uh, response was. Well, I was just going to say, you know, she she kind of led everyone. Did they have and, a baptistry on the premises? Well, I'm going to yeah. explain how that went out. She she it was kind of a typical, you know, where you commit your life to Jesus, right. you know, and I'm a crusade and. and uh, so they did that, and then she's like, "I was shocked at the next part." Then she's like, "And you know, if you're if you want to be baptized," and she quoted Romans six, uh, like for or maybe she read it first four or five verses in Romans six. You yeah. know, it talks about reenacting Jesus' death, marriage, resurrection, and she's like, "So I'm gonna ask you to do something. If you want to do that tonight, we're gonna make that available to you." 
and I'm going to ask you to stand. And before, you know, if you think, well, I'm nervous about that. And she's like, if you can't stand up here with all this support, you know, for giving your life to Jesus, you're not going to stand up out Great. there. Great. Great thought. Great line. and uh, Because we've almost so made up. it sometimes in these large gatherings the other way. Like, we don't want anybody to know what anybody's deciding to do. But that's just the opposite. You tell you exactly. tell a time to stand up and be so, counted. Well, it was real moving. Like, Missy and I, where we were sitting, there was one girl that just stood up, like, close to us. And, uh, I mean, it was like her, her – she was just raining tears down. You know, but she was just standing there by herself, you know, because most of the places I've been, you know, if somebody stands up, people kind of stand up in, supportive, in support of them. But I guess the way Sadie phrased that, it was just like, you know, you're committing your life to Jesus. Yeah. If you want to stand – I mean, so they, they just stood up on their own. <clears throat> and uh, But it was real moving seeing that. And then they they had two, uh, I guess, uh, these portable pools, I guess, outside, or maybe they went in the fountain out there. I don't know. I thought I just, because so many people went out there, I thought they're going to need to use that fountain. You know, there's a fountain right in front of the Civic Center. I <laughs> <Yeah>. thought, perfect. <clears throat> but uh, it was hundred. I mean, I heard anywhere from over 800. Uh, I heard it was 400. A few, yeah. yeah, it was a few. I Because mean, I think at that point, <clears throat> I know they said they baptized people for over two hours. Which is two at a time. Two, yeah, yeah. two baptistries going. Yeah, two at a time in each baptistry, and it went on for. I mean, it was it was insane. It was incredible. It, 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 I mean, there was a moment when I'm looking at it because I'm up in the the friends and family section with, with and, and um where they put all the all the guys <laughs> and so all the men. <laughs> so I'm looking down, but you're looking down at it, and you're and it's just like this mass exodus. Of people just walking. <laughs> it, it, it looked like a Billy Graham. Yeah, uh, you that, know, that's exactly yeah. what I thought. Yeah. It's, yeah. It had the feel of like a, a crusade. A question came in my mind. I don't know of them, but I'm. I don't. I, you know, I don't have a computer to check things. But uh, but is that going on anywhere else in America? I'm sure well, it probably is. I mean, maybe not anything that unique in terms of. But I'm sure there's other things you don't hear about. I don't know. That's a good question. But if uh, if people are responding to Jesus at that level, that may be a sign. You see what well, I'm saying? I, I think, yeah, yeah. It, it, there was something going on for sure. I mean, I, I told Sadie yesterday. You know, so it's interesting that you because she's intentionally cho- like chose to put this on in Monroe, which is like you know if it's. Not exactly yeah. a destination this, spot. Not a not a destination <laughs> spot. Like you you mentioned the Civic Center. I mean, it's like okay, let's 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 put on a, a an incredible event. Like I'm thinking, okay, go to Dallas, go to Atlanta, go to a place that's easy to get to. But I mean, I think the Lord just confirmed to her, no, this needs to be in Monroe. And I think yeah. I think one of the reasons why is because I think it's it, the idea is that really all this is a work of the Spirit. You know what I mean? And it's just we are we are we on board with what He's doing. If God wants to 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 do something, He can do it in Monroe, Louisiana. He can do it in, in London, England. He can do whatever He wants. And and I mean, He was doing something this weekend in Monroe, Louisiana. I'm telling you, it was it it was a, a really really special time. I'm glad we got to be a part of it. Well, I've always said before, Zach, that you know, Dad, when Dad's life changed, he moves down here on the river, <clears throat> and I mean, we're far away from everything. You're we're in the middle of nowhere where we're sitting right here today. And yet the Almighty just sent him by the thousands Yep, over yep. 40 years sure to find it's him. It's a reminder, if you share Jesus in a sincere way, I'm telling you, people respond. That's no right. I mean, you, you sometimes forget. I'm telling you, the church becomes negative sometimes. You're looking around, you know, everybody's like, oh, my goodness, you know, what are we going to This whole thing's going to fall, and it's just terrible. Then you go out there and see something like this. Well, stand up and share Jesus, because that's your best weapon. That's right. I mean, I'm telling you, that place was rocked. Yep. You, it, you couldn't fake this. You, you couldn't make you it up. Fake it. You You couldn't. I mean, that's why I'm saying people say, oh, yeah, I'm sure that went good. That's why I said it went from one of the embarrassing moments to a special moment. I mean, I'm glad I was sitting there yeah. and saw it. It was it really ignited my faith, you know, in when you make Jesus known, good things happen in powerful ways. Well, it still shows you the power of the gospel has not changed at all. No, no, because it was simple. Her her lesson, it was very simple, you know, and it was it was I think audience appropriate in that 
That's why I said she used her phone as illustrations and different things. I mean, the Stuff gist of it was, you know, and, and lights and they, I mean, she had coordinated some very clever ideas along the way, but because she basically went through the first few chapters in Genesis, you know, starting off with the first thing God did in a physical way was uh, separate light and darkness. Well, you know where she's getting yeah. eventually going to get to with there. She brought up the, you know, the Genesis 6 about the uh, rainbow after the flood and the reason that from a spiritual standpoint, there was so much darkness. But I tell you what, there'll be no person there will, that will ever look at a rainbow the same after being there. I mean, it, it was real clever, but she was focusing on the promises of God, which is where we're at in Hebrews. How old is, how old is Sadie? 24, maybe? 24? Something like that. 24, 25. Hang on, let's take a break. So we talk a lot about kind of looking at the signs, Dad. You were talking about this on a recent uh, podcast. You know, looking and seeing things are you know pretty bad in terms of our world and our culture. They are, but also we see signs of really good things too, because a lot of times that's when God will move the most. So uh, one of our sponsors uh, talks about is the Lord preparing to chastise America and the world, possibly because He's certainly done it throughout history. So one of the things you want to do is be prepared uh, in case something really bad happens. And you go to preparewithfield.com to find out uh, what you can do to basically get a four-week emergency food kit and, and the from My Patriot Supply. You can save 50 bucks if you go there now. Their food is tasty. It's easy to prepare, 2,000 calories a day, which is going to give you strength and energy. Uh, and really just prepares you for storms for anything uh, bad that comes along in life. It'll give you peace of mind. So check them out, preparewithfield.com. Save $50 off your four-week emergency food kit. Your order ships fast and free, and it arrives in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to preparewithfill.com. That's preparewithfill.com and save 50 bucks on a four-week emergency food kit. Yeah, 24, 25. I mean, she's, 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 uh, I mean, but look, you think about what all... She obviously, as we said, had an anointing from an early age. She, of course, she grew up here and was just, you know, a normal kid. But then she was on our show and shine like new money. And then she was on Dancing with the Stars and just knocked it out of the park there. So it's obvious that God's hand is on her. Yep. But, well, but that's that nailed it. She, she's a servant. Her. She loves people. Yeah, when I saw her before the speech, I thought, yeah. I mean, she was completely comfortable. With a smile on her face, there was I, I sensed zero anxiety, <laughs> and she I was like, "You ready?" She said, "It's gonna be good." <laughs> it was just like, okay. <laughs> she she uses a word a lot, like expecting, and I think that like her the people that came were they came expecting, and so I you know they they raise money for Illumination, which is a um, incredible ministry where they've taken the eleven there were eleven organizations that were involved in Bible translations. I didn't realize this, but there's like until the last couple of years, there's like over there's several thousand people groups that do not have the Bible in their language, which is incredible that that's like a thing. And so all these different organizations were com kind of competing, to, not competing, but working towards this end, but they weren't really collaborating. So um, a group of, of money people came together and said, hey, they went and met with all 11 organizations and said, if, if you don't have to worry about raising money, can you guys work together to like, let's get this thing done in our lifetime? Because they were looking at like 150 years from now before this would all be done. And they're like, we don't have to worry about raising money. They're like, we'll take care of the money. And they're like, yeah, we can work together. And so they, what they did was they're, they're going to have, the, 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 think about this. They're going to have the Bible translated into every language in the world by 2033 yep. in our lifetime, which is incredible. Zach, you, if you go to the Bible Museum in D.C., there's a room because yeah. they're a part of that. There's a room where oh, there were big parts of that. Mark yeah, they're Green showing you. They're the showing show. you what's going to happen. I mean, they've got the ones that have already been done. But you look at the empty spaces; all those will be translated every language. Which, by the way, sounds like Matthew twenty-eight. Yep. Um, yeah, we need. 18, we, need in fact, we need to have them on. The, we need to have them on the. So podcast I guess so. I'm glad you it. said that. So I'm working something out. I'm going to be up there in D.C. for another uh, event, Lisa and I, are, and uh, so I've got in contact with them. I'm actually going to do our podcast from there. I mean, I, you know, y'all will be here, but I'm going to be there and we're going to have a couple of the folks from the Biomuseum on there. So I'm super excited about it. So I'm actually, oh, yeah, it's actually in the works. 
I mean, that thing is amazing. You know, just looking at the history of the Word of God. What's the name of What's the name of it again, Zach? In case somebody wants to look for. Them? It's called uh, um, Illuminations. Illuminations. And um, here's what's funny. Typically, these concerts, Christian concerts, or, or uh, conferences, or Christian con- all these things, they always have like the calls, right? You know, and and I was talking to the girl that works for Illuminations. I said, "What like, typically? What is the response when you guys go to raise money for these things?" And she said, "About two percent of the people give money um, at these conference. That's industry standard, two to four percent." And um, but I saw like the goal. We like I think the goal was seventy five thousand dollars, and they ended up raising like over two hundred. And I said, "Wow!" And I said, "How? What percentage of this audience gave to?" And it was over like twenty five percent. Um, which again, just speaks to what was going on. Like everything about this, this whole, everything was, uh, was so sincere that I think it's encouraging for me to Jason's point earlier, man, we, I mean, look, I'm, I will prophesy doomsday. Uh, that, that's a struggle I have. I love that the world's gone to hell in a handbasket and all that. But man, when you see like God shows up in these dark times, you know, he shows up in these, uh, what Mark Sayers calls the gray zone when we're in between two eras of time and, and culture shifting, like that's where God like moves a lot. And I think we're in this place right now where we're kind of leaving one age. We're going into a new age. We don't, there's a lot of cultural change. We all are experiencing it, right? Then we're fearful and we're scared. Hey, what's going to happen? Well, here's the deal. We have to remember that we are part of the kingdom that was prophesied. in I think Daniel chapter two or seven, yep. we belong to the kingdom that's not going to be shaken or destroyed. And it's moments like what we saw this weekend, where you realize like God's moving, like God, God is moving. Even right now, God's people are moving. People are wanting to buy in, to do stuff, to move, to act. I mean, people want to be a part of where the Holy Spirit is moving. I think our goal and, 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 and strategy should just be let our, we should, we should probably put our head on a swivel and just start looking, where is God moving and then go move into whatever he's already doing. Yeah. I just noticed it yesterday morning. I looked around, they started telling me where they were from. And there was probably all oh, a dozen states that they were from, a dozen different states that people had gathered up down there where we are on the other side, <laughs> a pretty tough neighborhood. But they were they were visitors from up, all over the country. Yeah, they were there. Yeah, and we're excited. Uh, we're going to keep that. So we we got a new class that we're having at the main campus at WFR. Mom and dad are going to be coming back over there, and it's called the Unashamed Bible Gospel Bible Study. And so every Sunday, if you guys come to West Monroe anytime you're passing through, there'll be dear old dad over there doing his thing, which we're excited about at 9 o'clock at WFR. So we're going to start that September the 4th. So I know a lot of you podcast listeners you know, come through from time to time, so we're excited to have I've them. I've been in that little location the last four years, but... Yeah, we're making some changes over there. Yeah, for we've the had work. several hundred baptized there, three, three hundred, over three hundred. So yeah. some of them down here on the river, most of them there. But uh, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. That's all I'd say. There's still hope, boys. Well, and that's that's really what this podcast is about, right? Zach? Yep. I mean, and and Sadie's got a podcast. Tell tell them before we do our break, uh, Zach, about the uh, the what's the the music thing they're doing, the worship thing. Because folks have asked, sent me notes about that. Zach, they were really, they were really bragging on your daughter. They said that girl really has a tremendous voice. And how how old is that girl? She's eighteen, um, and yeah, it's kind of cool because you know she's had a. I, mean, I, I would think God's really called her to to do worship ministry and music, and was looking at different things uh, simultaneously. Sadie was wanted to start uh, producing. Um, music and kind of like worship initiatives and things like that. So she, so live original LO, um, they just released, um, uh, an EP, um, which is, a, it's five songs. Uh, they're all worship songs that kind of go with what they're kind of built around the, the idea of the conference. But, um, yeah, so Sadie called me and said, Hey, you know, we asked me if, 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 uh, if Layla could be a part of it. And I was like, yeah, I would love her Layla to, to be discipled by you. Number one, uh, but yeah, absolutely. So Layla is uh, one of the lead vocalists on the initiative. Um, Reese Walker, who's a dear friend, who, by the way, was in was in my college ministry and That's for right. four years. And he, he calls me one of his mentors, and I and and I, I I never knew he could sing. 
So I, I don't I don't know how good of a mentor I was to him, but I never saw his greatest gifting. <laughs> I told his mom, but he started singing after like when when we moved and and uh, yeah, he led worship like right for us. For yeah, he said it was at Camp Chioka, and yeah. he sang um, a duet at the talent show called Tennessee. It wasn't Tennessee whiskey. They changed the name. It was like Tennessee apple juice or something. I can't remember. And uh, But he sang it as like a parody. And Sadie's like, dude, he can sing. And so Reeves, uh, Reeves was the, the lead vocalist. But, but yeah, um, you guys got to go check it out. I mean, some of these songs, uh, and they were written uh, by Sadie and Kaylee and Reeves, and there's a, a few others involved in that as well. Um, Where do they man, go? Very, very- Where do they go to get it? So um, wherever you wherever you stream music, you can go okay. to Apple. Um, um, you can go to Spotify. Those are probably the two main places people are going to go. Um, but um, a, a Amazon would just put in "lo worship," "lo worship," and then it'll pop up, and you can listen to uh, the five songs, and they're all very well written and and um, yeah, That's they're good. they're beautiful. So yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, let's let's take another break. Well, that's all good stuff. I'm glad that happened. Everybody was excited about it. Um, y'all ready to get in back into Hebrews? Yeah, I got well, a, we I, can't dance. I got a new outline. Oh, hit me for Hebrews. I, yeah, I actually read it somewhere, but I thought <laughs> I was going to say, where'd you where'd you read that outline? I read it somewhere, and uh, but it was along the lines of what I said. Mm-hmm. It was simple. So you got uh, chapter one through chapter what? 10.5. Yep. Jesus is better. They didn't have that part. You know, it was something. <laughs> yeah. Sounded a lot more intellectual, but simple. Jesus is better. Then chapter 11 in faith. Yeah. Chapter 12 in hope. Chapter 13 in love. In love. Yeah. Jesus is You ever notice that? that? No, I haven't. Not, so haven't put so that. I immediately, when I read that, I went and read chapter 11, 12, and 13. <laughs> I was like, no, what kind of? There's no way. There's no way that's going to make sense. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. It's good. It, it was a uh, whoever thought that and noticed that first. Well that done. Well into, done. That falls into the wrap up. Well, well, it's just weird. He talks about faith, uh, and he's basically. When you get ready about, for the wrap up, I'm ready. Yeah, dad's ready to wrap it he's up. He's talking but about hope without. Really saying the word hope, but right. in chapter twelve, he's like, I'm, you know, don't lose heart, right, and don't grow weary, and treat this like in the correct way, you know, and but say because you don't want them to give up. You got to remember that you forget the theme of this is that they were wanting to leave Jesus and to give up, and he was trying to encourage them. So I mean, he spent ten chapters saying, look. Better focus on Jesus, right? Or it, what we're going to get to in chapter twelve—that word when it says "let us fix our eyes." I did a little research on that word, as in to stare. That's good. You, you stare. Well, think about that. I mean, why would he use a, such a word as that? I mean, because most of the time when you're staring at something, you're either it kind of creeps people out or you're thinking about something else or but he's like almost i mean we're you you, you everything else got to be blurry in, right. in your faith it, it's a stare on jesus yeah a, a focus you know you think about it in your eyes if you're like me and you have bad eyesight when i put on glasses or contacts it brings everything into focus right now i don't have them on so everything's blurry one little one little caveat on that theme if you notice I'll just give you point one of a uh, eight eight to ten minute rant. But You're, you, you have a pre when Jesus showed up a pre rant a pre rant when but which which goes to what you just said in the book of Hebrews. It it was interesting that the first people anything nothing was negative, everything's good. Jesus is here in those days. Here comes John the Baptist. He's preaching in the repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He's getting ready. The the savior of the world is finally here. Matthew is recording what the Hebrew writer really expounded on. The first friction 
I'm in Matthew 3. That's where it begins. Something uh, very real begins. As soon as John the Baptist looked up and saw the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the priest, when he saw that group, the groundwork is being laid, i.e. the book of Hebrews. It's being laid out right here. Because when he saw them, listen to this. And this is the, the, the messenger of God is showing. When he saw many of the Pharisees, people went out to him first from Jerusalem, Judea, the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. At this time, look, you look up and here's what you see. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, check this out, you brood of vipers, who warned you of the coming of wrath, to, uh, to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you when you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham, our father. It sounds like the book of Hebrews on why Jesus is better. I tell you that not one of these stones God can raise up for, for children for Abraham. He can bring them out of the rocks. The, uh, they, he said, I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the water. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one, and here's the one that they eventually murdered, according to Acts, when it's Stephen's story. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me one will come who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's the one that's going to do away with law and replace it with grace. His wintering fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering the wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with, with unquenchable fire. That's the opening line directed toward, and after that, I'm going to show you on my wrap-up, all of a sudden, every time Jesus turned around, they were there going, yeah, 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 over and over and over. No matter what he did, he'd heal the sick, the blind, they'd get on him, they'd get on him, they'd get on him. Until finally, oh yeah, they finally pulled it off. That's get way over in the book of Matthew. My point is, they were the enemy of the cross as soon as, He's, John's announcing it, and there's going to be blowback. And the people that are going to do the murdering and the killing and all of the negative stuff, they're the most supposedly the most godly people on the earth. The teachers, the priests, and all you read Hebrews, you say, no, Jesus is better. The Hebrew writer didn't handle it near as rough as John the Baptist and Jesus while he was on the earth. There was a battle going on, and it was coming from the very things of the first covenant under the law of Moses. It's just showing you you can't turn human beings over with law, because if you do, they'll go rogue every time. I agree. Let's, let's take a break. I mean, don't you think it's a little bit astounding that the very people who were supposed to be loving God and loving their neighbor, they're under the law of Moses. They've been under the law of Moses for 1,500 years. You would expect more from a group of individuals than what yeah. you got. No, I agree. Remember, I'm, well, going, to, I'm going up to Jerusalem, and the teachers <laughs> of the law and the priests are going to put me to death, and then I'm going to be buried and raised from the dead. He said it. Over and over and over. They were his enemy instead of embracing him as the Messiah. Well, yeah. it, it's, it's, well, because well, they didn't get the whole, they didn't realize this was God's plan and that this was a shadow. That's right. Not the reality. That's and right. And so they didn't realize that this was a time thing. Right. This is before Jesus is here. And so they were attaching that as purely good and evil. If you're not for the ritual, 
right. worship right. and that's you're right. evil. And it can't save you. That's the yeah. That's I mean, to me, it's not a whole lot different than what you see in the religious world today when people same thing the manner in which we're going to worship instead of who, same as thing. in as in good and evil, right. and not good and evil as good and evil. That's I mean, right. there's obvious sin is obvious. Yeah, but, but that's kind of the wrap up right there, showing you the. No, the, I think it's a valid point. Well, a I mean, point. look, but, Phil, I think where we struggle is that. I mean, you got a guy in prison for some heinous crime that they happen every day. And you got a guy who's a religious who doesn't love Jesus or who is, uh, you know, what we read about in Corinthians where it says the angel, uh, the evil one masquerades as an angel of light or, you know, someone who is a, a legalist or you say, well, what's the difference in those two? One is socially acceptable. And one is not. But when you really look at it from a Jesus perspective, I mean, if you don't have Jesus, you got nothing. Oh, yeah, you miss it. You, you know, but for us, we think, oh, well, th this is socially acceptable. So they, it's not like they committed a crime. But when you're anti-Jesus, you're anti-Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And Stephen covers the same material. I was setting the stage. Stephen got the whole, remember when he gave the whole history of the Jewish people? It was the ultimate suitcase. It was suitcase. all bad. And it got him killed. It was the ultimate suitcase sermon. Do you remember when we were in school, they told us if you well, preach a suitcase. It was a sermon. That was a coffin sermon. Y'all murdered the prophets, and now you turned around, and they used the term murder, and now you've murdered the, yeah. the, the, the very one that can save you. So but when you're, Al, when you're getting the coffin ready while you're preaching, <laughs> yeah. the coffin. yeah. That that means you've you've struck a nerve. Yeah, you, you know. It, I mean, <laughs> it means you made a mad clatter. Sad. Let yeah. me read this text in Hebrews eleven to set the stage for the rest of this and for the next podcast because it actually goes in what Dad was talking about. Because the Hebrew writer you mentioned, Dad, he wasn't near his heart. He it, it is interesting. After that, Jesus died, he he softened the well because he's trying to he's trying to reach back out to him. I mean, think about what John said. You brood of vipers, you there. Right. So, and I like his approach. In verse 23, it says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So here's another, Jason, another one of those shadow situations because same thing happened to Jesus, remember, when he was born. There was a, there was a jealous king that said, you know what, the only way we're going to get this guy is kill all the babies. Well, the same thing was happening in Moses' day, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. In verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a short time. It's a really interesting way that he puts that. And to your point, Dad, that's really a better look at Moses than, than what you get when you go back and read it in Exodus. Right. And then he says, uh, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. And don't you think that's interesting, Jays, that he's talking about Jesus as if he were there, which he was, even back in Moses' day, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, uh, he per he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Well, I love that line. Yeah, and so we'll get yeah, into that's what faith. You know, I mean, I said one time in a lesson, my opening line was, "You know, I believe in ghosts." Yeah, and I have friends that I can't see. Right. See that? If you just stop is. right there. <laughs> Somebody's calling <laughs> mental health. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, that's true. Though this is this is ridiculous to people who are not believers. You, you know, I mean, he he trusted. I mean, you're reading this story. We 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 know these stories. Where I think we're taking them for granted. But you're like, his whole key thing was that he saw him who was invisible. That's not going to sit well with the world. No. You know but I mean? it goes to what you were talking about earlier about fixing your eyes on Jesus or what Paul said in Second Corinthians. The idea is to be able to see the invisible. I mean, Well, that's what we never really spend much time talking about how you exactly do that. But um, we always, I feel like, have to take a time out and say, look. If you, and getting back to what Sadie said, I love one time she she's like... <laughs> 
She's like, you want to know what to do practically? And she held the Bible and she held it up and said, know this, <laughs> get to know this. Right. And uh, it was just a, it was so simple yet profound. It was like, you know, go, it wasn't go home and read your Bible. It was a know this right. because when you read it, Jesus comes to life and you see him. Right. You, you visualize, you imagine, even though it's invisible to your eye. It, there's some, that's why I think that show, the chosen has resonated so well because mm-hmm. people want to see. But you got to remember, this is based on faith. You got to go back in your mind and see these situations. And at, the more you read the Gospels, the more that becomes visible to you in your real life. Right. Would you agree? No, I agree 100%. And the thing about it is, look, the, it never gets old because you always learn new things from the yeah, truth. Yeah, because there's something about, if you start focusing on the character of it all, uh, to go back to, Zach made that point, I think when we initially got to Hebrews 11, but when you're looking at not just what he did or the legal aspects of what he did or trying to have some argument about, oh, well, was he really, did his anger go too far when he cleared the temple and the way legalistic type right. people do. When you you look at the character in inside these stories, I think that's where it's really powerful to your own life. Because look, things are going to go bad. They're not going to go well. You're going to have your heart works. Hang, hang on, Dad. Hold that one because we're we're out of time. But I'm going to let you read that in the uh, in the overtime, and uh, we'll leave with that. So we'll see you guys next time. If you want to follow us over, uh, so you can get that 15 bonus minutes, it's blazetv.com/slash/unashamed. So we'll see you in the overtime in the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.